0: Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. My name is Kyle Bruce, and I'll be your moderator for today's show. I'm joined by authors Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage, our experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can make a difference. Today's show is going to focus on Chapter 15, uh, 51 excuse me, of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference, and we're going to be talking about shaping a culture of recognition and appreciation. So you know, we all know the power of recognition and appreciation, and how it impacts things like turnover, engagement, and well-being. But from some of the stats that uh, that you share in the book, Larry and Kim, I'm just not sure that the things are lining up between what is really happening and what executive leaders believe is actually happening. You know, there's a lot of documented research out there on the topic um, and that sort of thing, but why did you guys decide to include it in managing to make a difference? And and how do we get things to line up a little bit better between the reality of what's going on with employees and what they think uh, versus what executives think is happening? So I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys to tell us a little more about, uh, again, engagement um, and recognition.
1: Well, one of the things, the reason we decided to put this in here is that it's monumentally important. If you want to make a difference in the lives of your employees, and let's, the big picture is the name of the book's Managing to Make a Difference, and the book is directed at managers who want to make a difference in the lives of their employees. And recognition and appreciation is one of the most powerful ways to do that for people, and there's abundant research on this topic, and Kim Turnage is the individual who uh, identified all this research for us, and Kim, do you want to say a couple of words about that, please?
2: Yeah, I think a good place to start is that if you think people are doing it, you're probably wrong. Um, People are less likely to express gratitude at work than almost anywhere else, Um, and only 10% Tim, of people... Kim, I just
1: want to thank you for that remark. Yes,
0: thank you very much. That's it's,
2: it's one of the best You're things You're welcome. I've <laughs> Only 10% of people, so now you are in the, in the great minority, express appreciation to their coworkers on a daily basis if you do it again tomorrow. Um, we'll call
1: you and say thank
2: you tomorrow. It's, it's, that would be great. It would make me feel appreciated and recognized. Um, a full 60% never say thank you or express gratitude at work, or they do it only once or twice a year. One of the most interesting stats that I came across uh, when I was doing the research for the book was that people are actually more likely to say thank you to a TSA agent at the airport than they are to someone that they work with.
1: That's astonishing, And, and one of the excuses that I have heard, frankly, for decades is Well, I don't want to thank somebody for just doing their job. Uh, Yeah, horrible excuse.
2: Because while those stats are what they are, 81% of people would work harder for a more grateful manager.
1: Yeah. when, When people say that to me, my reply always is, you know, when I was having dinner at the dinner table and I said please pass the salt and somebody passed the salt, I was supposed to say thank you. That was their job to pass me the salt, but I was still supposed to show some appreciation for it. <laughs> I, I mean, this whole attitude that we shouldn't thank people, we shouldn't appreciate people for doing their jobs uh, is, is uh, horrible. And uh, I, I'm thinking of one of the most egregious uh, examples of this, I happen to know uh, a law enforcement officer, a policeman, who encountered one of these terrible uh, life and death situations where a, a criminal was holding a woman and he literally had a knife to her throat. And this policeman shot this guy and saved this woman's life and she never, ever thanked him. Uh, I mean, people can take it pretty far in not thanking people for doing their jobs, uh, and and uh, what Kim and I are saying is, you know, hogwash. Uh, Kim just cited the statistic: eighty plus percent of people would would work harder if they just got thank yous from their manager, and it doesn't have to just be the manager; it can be their associates, it can be people they work with. It costs you nothing, and it takes literally just a few seconds to sincerely express some appreciation. Well, can you give me some
0: examples of, of maybe, you know, ways that people are doing this? I mean, there's lots of stats out there, Kim, but what are some of the most common ways people express appreciation um, and in the ones that are most effective that people say, I like that the best? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I'm going to take mm-hmm. another stab from the research A lot of people think that if you have some kind of an employee recognition program, um, you know, where you're thanking people for their years of service, that that's kind of, that's part of having recognition and appreciation. And, you know, 87% of organizations have that. But strangely enough, 83% of employees say that their organizations don't support recognition. It's interesting to me how well those percentages track. It says to me that if that's all you're doing, it doesn't count.
1: You know, uh, the title of this chapter, I'm going to read it again, Shape a Culture of Recognition and Appreciation. Kim Turnage was just talking about recognition programs. And we're all for recognition programs. Please have them, but please understand that they are, they, they do contribute plenty of value, but they don't, it, it's different to shape a culture of recognition where it's just going on because that's part of people's daily habits, not because it's part of some program that you have. And you you yourself, every single listener to this radio show, this podcast, every single listener can start shaping the culture to be more focused on routine recognition and appreciation. And Kyle, I haven't forgotten your question, which That's was okay. what which was what really works? You're right. And we're 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 going to get there, and I'm going to tell you the number one thing that really works because Kim, Kim Turnage has already talked about it. How about just saying thank you? Okay? How about just saying thank you, even when people are just doing their jobs, but they're really doing it with excellence? And maybe they're, you know, look at all the first responders who are in Houston and the surrounding area and and who are in Florida right at the moment. This is their job. I'm betting they're getting sincerely thanked for just doing their job. And that's what we're talking about. It, it, I, I don't understand the, the, uh, the stinginess of mind that we wouldn't want to uh, thank somebody if they're doing their job, particularly if they're doing a really good job, is to thank them for that. And then to thank them when they're doing that job under arduous circumstances, and everybody has a life, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody may have come to work in your organization today and maybe they had a death in the family. Maybe they had a fight with their significant other. Uh, maybe they got some really bad news uh, in, some, in some area of their life. And they decided to come to work anyway and maybe they put a smile on their face and they're, they're being responsible, they're doing their jobs, it's okay to say thank you. It's okay to say thank you so that that that's the short answer to your question I, I Thank I, you Larry my pleasure well,
2: and Larry, I want to come back to part of what you said here in a minute that positive to negative ratio but before we do, I want to dig in a little bit more on culture. We're talking about shaping a culture of recognition and appreciation, and clearly the culture at your house was. That you say thank you when someone does what you ask them to do. Um, that culture is nothing more or nothing less than the way we do things around here. It's what, who we really are. It's not who we say we are. It's who we really are. And so if you were saying thank you at the dinner table when someone passed you the salt, that was the culture of your family. Can you make saying thank you the culture of your organization? We say yes.
1: Yeah, and and every single person can start doing more of this in their number one area of influence, which is themselves and the people they come into contact with on a daily basis. Kim, I want you to talk about the positive to negative ratio as part of the culture.
2: Yeah, well, we know that as humans, we're wired up to react and... um, kind of mull over negative information more than we do positive. And uh, there's significant amounts of research that suggests that the ideal ratio is somewhere between three to one and five to one on positive to negative. That's what keeps people kind of in equilibrium. Relationships are better when people have three to one to five to one, somewhere in that range of positive interactions versus negative interactions. So, um, so three, that means, three
1: positive if you're, comments for every, for every negative comment.
2: Yeah. So that means that if every time you're saying you did something wrong, you're saying thank you. If you're doing that sandwich thing where you say here's one good thing about you, here's something that's wrong with you, and here's something else good I'm going to say at the end, you're only at two to one. So you haven't gotten there yet. You have to get to three to one. And ideally, you get to five to one
1: and this is hitting people
2: where they really want to be.
1: And when you get in that range, that's that's the range that researchers and correct me if I'm wrong, Kim, is is that is it not the case that that's the range that researchers say high performance teams, this is part of their culture.
2: That's the ratio that separates high performing teams from moderately or poor performing ones. Interestingly enough, it's also the ratio that separates stable marriages from those that are more likely to end in divorce. This is not just in the workplace. This is in your whole life.
1: And I want to go back to the point you made, Kim, that uh, we're we're kind of hardwired to focus on what's wrong. And our, our brains are hardwired this way because it has survival value. 40,000 years ago, when we were on the Savannah, focusing on what was wrong, had survival value. We could see if there was a predator out there. We could see if there was something uh, out of the ordinary, which might constitute a threat. And uh, that's, that's why it had survival value. So the point is, we have to be more conscious and intentional about highlighting what's right, about thanking people for doing some good job about celebrating a success. And that's where the recognition and appreciation comes in is celebrating a success because we're, we're constantly focused on what's wrong. I see we're we're kind of getting to our first commercial here. Yeah, it looks like we're going to
0: come up on a break here, Larry and Kim. So let's come right back to that as soon as we get done with the break. Um, we'd love to have everybody come back and hear more about shaping a culture of recognition and appreciation. And if anybody has any feedback or questions they'd like to ask, all they need to do is click the email host button just above the podcast description. And uh, go ahead and enter in their comments or questions there. And we'll wor- work them into a future show. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick break to hear more from Larry and from Kim.
3: the boardroom to you voice America business network when managers make a significant impact their teams are engaged motivated and excited they love what they do when those people work for you you get results results matter and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. at talentplus.com. Alcohol contributes to America socially, economically, and culturally, but alcohol also impacts our health, safety, and quality of life. On Alcohol Across America, each week we present recurring issues related to community, liability litigation, social and college drinking, and the alcohol industry. Join host Dr. Brad Krever and his co-hosts every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right.
0: Welcome back, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon. We've been talking to Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage today about shaping a culture of recognition and appreciation. This topic comes from Chapter 51 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference. And really what we talked about in our first segment is the monumentally important aspects of, of uh, appreciation and recognition. And knowing that um, this is a big differentiator between high-performance teams and everybody else. When they have a much stronger focus on the positive, when it becomes really part of their culture and their day-to-day, uh, high performance is, is a, an output of that. Uh, there was a lot of research that uh, Kim and Larry shared with us. Uh, and so we're going to go back to, to those points we were making about um, high performance teams, especially that aspect of the ratio of positive and negative. So I'll turn it back over to
1: Larry and Kim. Well, yeah, just before the break, I, I, was, I was emphasizing the fact that our brains are hardwired to focus on what's wrong, and they're hardwired that way because it has survival value. And, and in modern times, uh, it's, you know, things that aren't going well at, at work. It's things that aren't going well in our business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's somebody's uh, less than stellar performance we're, we're focusing on. We do those things naturally and spontaneously, if we want to increase the ratio of positive to negative comments, we have to be more conscious and intentional about focusing on what's right and making comments about it. And, and I, I just to give you an illustration of, of how hard it is sometimes to focus on what's, what's going well Uh, I would tell you this little story out of my own uh, history in consulting. I I had a client in the Caribbean. It was a hotel uh, company. And I had flown in the night before. And I was meeting with the general manager of the hotel in the morning. And it was a tough time. It was right in the middle of the big recession. And all the hotels were hurting. It was a very, very difficult time for that particular uh, industry, and, and this particular hotel was, was no different. They were struggling, and uh, I, I asked the general manager of the hotel over breakfast, uh, tell me about a recent success you've had, and this gentleman w- was just dumbfounded. He couldn't answer my question. And of course, I don't like to leave somebody in a conversation feeling uncomfortable like that. So I moved on. We were having conversation. We were talking about what I was going to do while I was there and what his expectations were. And uh, all of a sudden, he blurted out, I made budget last month. And ladies and gentlemen, in this circumstance, in the middle of the recession, to make one's budget was a ringing success. It took him 20 minutes to think of that as a success because he was spending all of his time focusing on what was wrong. His boss was talking to him about what was wrong. He was talking to his people about what was wrong. Everybody was talking about what was wrong in the hotel in an effort to improve and in an effort to succeed. But they were all focusing on what was wrong. And and that's, that's what we do. So – one very practical technique that I, here's a call to action, ladies and gentlemen, you can increase the ratio. Every time you have a a meeting of several people, why don't you start the meeting by everybody just saying a recent success they have? Just very, very briefly. For instance, if we were in a meeting right now and Kyle said, Larry, tell me about a recent success you had. Larry,
0: tell me about a recent success you've had.
1: I might say I recently hit a milestone. I I hit my two hundredth blog post. I've been writing a, a blog for about five years, and I just posted my two hundredth post. And that's how that's how brief I'm talking about. You know, we, we I don't have to tell big story about it. Uh, so if you start a meeting by asking people to name success they've had recently, and and you do it, you know, you set the standard that that's how briefly we're going to do it. You will be consciously in uh, directing people's mental focus onto these successes and other people can show appreciation of it. There's all kinds of other good things that comes out of that. So there's something very, you know, we got two things here. Number one, say thank you more frequently. And number two, um, uh, Start meetings by going around the table and asking people to uh, name a recent brief success. You'll be surprised at what that does for your meeting in addition to what that's doing for your culture. And that's a practice that might catch on because once somebody starts doing that, people really like it and it can catch on like a virus in your culture, a beneficial virus.
0: You know, Larry, you're talking about, you know, recognizing success. You know, this reminds me of a story. I actually was working with a hotel general manager, and what he was doing to reinforce the culture of appreciation is he, he um, you know, those gold coins that, you know, were came out, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, they were very sort of, not gimmicky but certainly unique and interesting because how you know, often would you get a gold coin well what he did when they first came out as he went and bought I don't know four or five rolls of these things and he went he was you know one month going around the hotel and really focusing on catching people doing a lot of the right things right and what he would do is he would give, he you know, walk around with these pockets full of these these big dollar coins. And when he caught somebody doing something great, he'd hand them the coin. He said, "I'm giving this to you because I saw you doing X, and it was great. And I just wanted to say I really appreciate what you. It was worth a dollar. It was nominal value, but there was the the flare factor. Hold on, you know. Then the directions will hold on to this coin, and at our monthly appreciation um, lunch for the, all the employees." Um, I want you to tell everybody why you got it. And so he did this over the month. And maybe there's 10, 15 of these coins that he'd, he'd given out. And he says, okay, at the employee appreciation monthly, everybody come up. If you got a gold coin, come up here and and we'd love to celebrate. So they, would A, everybody would give a big round of applause. So again, you're reinforcing the behavior. And then he had every single person tell why – tell the rest of the group why they had a gold coin so you reinforce the behavior you said thanks to the person not once but actually twice now they were recognized individually as well as a group and then they had to tell everybody what they did to receive one of those gold coins so you're reinforcing the behavior of recognition of success and when other people are being rewarded uh, others see that and say well I want a gold coin too it's sort of natural behavior I am I'll work harder to try and get a gold coin and so he did it at the end of the month and and, again, it, it reinforces that behavior. It's a powerful way to build the culture of recognition by doing something as simple as giving out a $1 coin that cost him, again, maybe $20, 25 total just to do that appreciation piece. But it had a huge impact on people. What, what are some other techniques, Larry, that uh, that maybe you recommend or that you've put in the book, You know, techniques to help reinforce a culture of, of appreciation and recognition?
1: Well, here's another one that costs darn near nothing and really delivers a huge return on a a few minutes investment. And that's writing somebody a handwritten note. So it's great to say thank you verbally. Uh, And that has a huge amount of value. But if you write a brief note, that has even more value. So uh, a brief handwritten note is a terrific technique Uh, You you can hand it to the person. You can send it home to their family. I got to tell you, you send a a note of recognition home to someone's family and it gets opened at the house, you know, it's in the mail and the whole family sees it. That can be very powerful. This costs almost nothing and it only takes a few minutes to do. Uh, what are some other techniques
0: that you like to recommend other people do? I know we're going to come up against a break here, but one
1: more. All right. Well, uh, Take, a, take one of your employees and walk them into your boss's office and just say, hey, I just wanted you to know what this person just did and talk them up. Uh, so, you know, there's there's all kinds of ways to say thank you, to give people's recognition. Um, I, I uh, from time to time, I have written a letter directly to someone's parents, uh, not an I, I didn't tell the person about this. I don't do this all that frequently, but from time to time, I decide that there, this is some, somebody's parents would really like to know this, and I have sent letters to a person's parents, and I let them find out from their parents that I wrote them this letter. I will tell you what, that is a very big deal, and, and it's one of the reasons it takes a little bit more time to do that. And it's not always the right thing to do, it's not always the, you know, it's, it's a tool, it's a possibility. But from time to time, i run across a situation where I think, wow, this would be really neat and that's what I'm gonna do with it. Um, another, another technique is to make sure you're, send people cards on important uh, dates like birthdays, uh, wedding anniversaries, employment anniversaries, uh, graduations, all those types of things. Uh, we have, on rare occasion here, had one of our employees uh, earn their citizenship
2: That's while right. they
1: while they happen to be employed here. What a great occasion! Not just to, not just to send a card, to actually show up and help the person uh, celebrate their citizenship and to show up at the gra- at the uh, graduation and so forth. Um, the, it, you know, the whole business of recognition and appreciation, the, the fact that it isn't done enough is not because people don't know how to do it. Everybody knows how to do it. These techniques I just mentioned are not secrets. Everybody knows you can do these things. So you're giving away the secret. Yeah, uh, that's the secret. The secret is doing them, is taking a few minutes. I mean, just imagine all of you listeners, each of you, imagine if each manager in your organization wrote a note of appreciation, one note of appreciation per week, how many notes would be written, how many tangible instances of positive reinforcement would exist in your organization. And, and I've timed people writing these notes. We're talking about three minutes on the average, five minutes if it takes a long time and somebody really thinks about it. We're not talking about a huge uh, investment of time here.
0: All right. We're going up against a break here. I want to hear more about some of these techniques, Larry and Kim. So uh, if our listeners would like to order bulk books of managing to make a difference for all their managers, hey, all they need to go to is 800ceoread.com to check out uh, all those that discount that they get about a 20% discount and if you're looking for uh, additional help with uh, tools and tactics you can look at our microsite at manage to make a we'll be right back in just a few minutes to talk more with Larry and Kim
3: voice America business network the bottom line in business When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. Our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real, live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: Well, welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. If you do happen to be joining us today, we've been talking about shaping a culture of recognition and appreciation. And this topic comes from chapter 51 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference. And really the focus of our previous two segments has been on the monumental importance of uh, just saying thank you and recognizing uh, people and showing appreciation and knowing that when you do this and you build a culture of appreciation and recognition, um, oftentimes you, you create more, much more of a high performance team knowing that all high performance teams have a much higher ratio of positivity and appreciation to, uh, versus negativity and and those sorts of things. We, we did talk about some techniques that are in the book, uh, that you might want to check out on, uh, page 206 actually of the book of managing to make a difference, some techniques to try, uh, in your own, uh, work in a daily life that you might want to look at, Um, Um, So let's talk a little more about those techniques. And and Kim, you actually had a story you wanted to share about uh, a technique that you heard about that was really powerful.
2: Yeah, I recall a story recently. It's from Business Insider um, about a CEO, Sheldon Yellen, who is the CEO of Balfour Holdings. It's a disaster relief and property restoration company. And he started 32 years ago writing handwritten birthday cards Uh, to each of the people that he managed. And now, as the CEO, he handwrites 7,400 cards a year. He does it for every employee. He does it every year. And um, he tries to include something personal, if he can, uh, about an interaction that he's had with the person or something that he knows about what they've done in the last year. He tries to make it as personal as he possibly can. And he says... It's woven into our company culture.
1: And I, I, uh, go ahead, Kim, I'm sorry.
2: Well, he says it has made for a more compassionate, gracious workplace. He's the leader. He's doing it. He's making it part of the culture, just like sitting around the table and saying thank you when you pass the salt.
1: So a, a couple of observations about that. Uh, number one, for every listener who thinks I don't have time to do these things, he's the CEO. If he has been finding time to do this for 32 years, he must be getting a terrific return on that investment of time. Otherwise, I assure you, he wouldn't be investing the time to do that. That's observation number one. Observation number two is, I'll bet there are people who have 32 birthday cards. I'll bet nobody ever intentionally throws one of those away. That's how much value they see because they know how busy the CEO is. And it's very, it's very, very meaningful. I, and those I wanna... people
2: aren't doing anything special. They're having a birthday. What it is, is it's him expressing how significant they are in that very positive and affirming way.
1: Yes, and that's something we've talked about extensively, and I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up again. It's, it's the, the importance of making each person feel significant as a human being. That's a fundamental human need to feel significant, and that is exactly what he is doing in addition to expressing appreciation the The fact that he takes the time to send that card and and write a something personal, that really shows them that they are significant. i'm I'm really pleased you brought that up. I, I want to move on to the power of individualizing recognition, because now we finally get to the question you asked right. very very early on in our conversation today, which was, what are the most powerful forms? Uh, of recognition and appreciation and the most powerful ones are always individualized like those birthday cards where he's writing a personal note and saying something personal to a person as opposed to getting a bunch 7,400 generic cards and stamping his name on them, uh, which which is the opposite of being personalized. Uh, When you personalize your recognition, think of when you're buying a birthday present for somebody. A friend of yours. You don't just go out and generically get them a mug that says you're the best. Uh, and, and that's the birthday. Pre- you're thinking about who that person is. What are what do they value? What are their interests? And you're getting a birthday present for that person that you wouldn't get for anyone else.
0: And so that, that bottle of generic bourbon I've been getting you
1: for your birthday, yeah, I should get something different, huh? No, the bourbon's fine. And <laughs> Kyle, Kyle gets me the bourbon because he knows I, I have a thing for bourbon. And and uh, it's not – he doesn't get everyone a bourbon. Um, but he gets it for me because he knows that I really appreciate uh, a good bourbon. Uh, so the, the individualizing – your gestures of recognition and appreciation. And it's the item itself, and item could be uh, conceptual, it doesn't have to be a a physical, tangible item, but the item itself, individualized, and the method of giving it to the person needs to be individualized. And I, I have a story on that, and this is right out of the book. This is a story that occurred when I was the general manager of the Ritz-Carlton and Tyson's Corner. And I had a, one of the employees there was named Alexis. She was a manager and she was the main liaison uh, for certain, certain uh, people who would bring groups to the hotel. And these groups would stay for a long time. And they, they would spend a lot of money. And one of these groups that came there specifically because of her efforts, rented so many rooms and stayed for such a long period of time that when they checked out, their bill was over $1 million. The head of that group wrote us a check for over $1 million for one group for one stay. This is, ladies and gentlemen, there's no reason you should know about the hotel business. This is a ringing accomplishment. The, I, I was in that business for many, many years. It was the only time I ever saw one group, one stay with a bill that big. And so I, I decided that Alexis deserved some really, really significant recognition. And uh, we knew her, so we knew that she loved Herme's uh, stuff. And so uh, we went out and bought her the latest pattern, Herme's scarf. I had the check of a million dollars photocopied, and we had that framed, and all the executives signed it with a big uh, thank you. And I cut her a big, fat uh, check as a bonus as an extraordinary bonus for her extraordinary accomplishment. And we had a weekly staff meeting. All the managers were there. And I made a big ceremony out of presenting this to her at the staff meeting. And she got this big round of applause. And everybody, because everybody sincerely was impressed with this accomplishment. And and uh, as soon as that meeting was over, she followed me right in my office. She said, don't do that again. I said, what do you mean? She said, I hate getting recognition in public. She said, next time you want to do that, come into my office. Just do it, just you and me. Uh, by the way, she didn't give me the scarf back. She didn't give me the check back. <laughs> and she, she didn't give me the, the photocopied uh, framed uh, check back either. Uh, she didn't give me back any of the items. But she made it clear to me that, that, that I, I had not discerned that this was not the way she liked to receive these kinds of recognition. So in the future, when I had something for her, I honored her uh, request and I did it privately in her office, which was much more meaningful to her than the uh, being singled out uh, as uh, for, you know, being the center of attention in a public ceremony like that. So Uh, That's that's a story where I did some of it right. I got the items right, but I didn't get the the uh, presentation process right according to what was preferred by her. So you can spend less money on gestures of recognition instead of giving somebody the generic plaque or something of the sort if you know that somebody is into fishing. Get them something related to fishing. That's the the kind of thing I'm talking about. And when they receive that, that that they will know, oh my goodness, they were really thinking about me because I know they don't give everybody, you know, this, this new latest lure or whatever it might be. Um, So that's what we're doing. It's very, very important. And it takes more time. It takes more time to do that than it does to get somebody the generic mug or the plaque or something like that. It takes more time, but man, I will tell you, you get a huge amount of bang for your buck and your effort when you do it, when you individualize the recognition, as I've just talked about. So we're we're going
0: to come up onto a break here in just a few moments, but I, I have a question I'm thinking about. You know, I've worked with some leaders, um, you know, as a consultant, and I've had some leaders, especially talking about the generational differences, and and they may and this may have been a little bit of an older individual who was maybe uh, being a little hard on the millennial generation, but you, mean you know, somebody my age, yeah, probably. Um, and and you know i'm sort of harkening back to what a, that leader would have said he says oh you know all this focus on appreciation and recognition is just another example of millennials who think they need a trophy for just showing up to work okay well i know that's an overgeneralization but what about general generational differences in recognition and appreciation you know how is that important to dif- differentiate between the two? And and so before you answer that, I'm going to leave us with that question, and we'll come back and, and answer that after the break. But I, I want to talk about the generational differences with appreciation and recognition and how that goes into culture. Um, So we are going to take a break here, everybody. I know you want to hear more from Larry and Kim, and I know you're probably really wanting to hear the answer to this question I've just asked. So uh, come on back after the break. Uh, If you haven't ordered uh, your books in bulk yet, as I said, you can get a 20% discount at 800CEoread.com. And our micro site is com. if you're looking for – Extra tips, tricks, and supporting documents to help you uh, as you work through managing to make a difference and you're looking for some extra help um, or want to, uh, you know, documents take back to your meetings to make a difference, uh, you can get uh, help there. Again, manage to make a difference.com. So we'll be right back with more from Larry and Kim in just a few minutes.
3: business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network ask to manage your teams but wonder when or how join talent plus on site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you leadership toolbox Focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values.
2: The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.
3: The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today.
0: Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. Uh, we started today off really talking about shaping a culture of recognition and appreciation. And uh, this topic does come from chapter 51 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference, and and really focusing on the power of appreciation and recognition and then the, the reality that, hey, everyone knows uh, how to do this and the fact that it's important. But the power is really in the doing, uh, the the day-to-day components of recognition and appreciation. How that has such an impact on a team, and knowing that that you know the research shows us that high-performing teams have a much higher ratio of positive and appreciative comments versus negative uh, comments. So uh, if you want to create a high-performance team, this is one of the ways to help get you get you there. Um, you know the aspect of saying, well, I don't really have time to do that. I don't have time to appreciate or say thank you. Um, Knowing that the great leaders, you know, great managers are actually doing it. And and then the power of that appreciation comes from the individualization component, (laughs) knowing that um, the more personal recognition piece that you uh, can do uh, makes it even more powerful, knowing whether somebody likes public praise or private praise. Uh, as an example from one of Larry's stories. But right before we left for the break, I asked a question about generational differences um, and appreciation and recognition. And is it just a millennial thing that they want uh, a trophy for showing up? Or is it something more than that, uh, knowing that a lot of leaders
1: say things like that on occasion? So Larry and Kim, what do you think? My re- my response to that has a couple of different aspects. First of all, when it comes to millennials or other generations, I say, never mind. Uh, you have a particular individual in front of you and whether that person is a millennial or a baby boomer, understand what their interests are. What would they really value as a piece of recognition and don't assume the next millennial is gonna be like this millennial on your left that the millennial on your right is going to appreciate the same thing because the millennial on your left may be into fishing. The millennial on your right may be into yoga. Uh, And that might be the same for a baby boomer. So the point we're making is individualize it and don't concern yourself with what generation a person is in. Learn the uniquenesses of that person and respond to them based on those uniquenesses. So that's one aspect of the answer to your question. Uh, Another aspect, which isn't quite what you asked, is we have – additional ways to recognize people in today's world than we used to because of social media. And uh, the, the, the fact that more millennials are, are, are maybe uh, more comfortable with, with social media and put more emphasis on it than, than say, baby boomers might, that, that's something to observe. Sure. But the fact is that there are many uh, organizations out there which are now offering companies the ability, there's software that enables you to give people recognition on internal company social media. And everybody can participate in that. But wider audiences now see the recognition and so forth and can participate in giving the recognition. So I would encourage companies to, to see whether or not that, sort of approach fits your culture and might do you some good because I can see a lot of value in certain companies adopting that. Now, I have a third aspect to this answer, and, and that is there's some recent research, which it so happens we don't have to happen to cite in our book, but uh, there's some recent research showing that instead of giving somebody the fishing lure, create an experience for them so if you want to give somebody some recognition, give them an experience. What does that mean? Maybe it means you hire a fishing guide for that individual, or I, I understand there are different levels of appreciation, but I'm just using this as an example where you might actually send the person on a, on a fishing trip. But the the research is saying that of course experiences you don't forget. So if you have a, a meaningful, positive experience you carry that with you forever. So companies are now focusing on providing recognition in the form of an experience that, again, is individualized to the person's interests and values and so forth. For for some, I'll tell you, I've done this in my past uh, for uh, people who have families. I have uh, given them as recognition uh, a family portrait, gone out and gone out and paid the artist. You didn't,
0: you didn't take the picture. No, I didn't right. take the picture. No. I've,
1: I've gone out and hired the photographer and in one case, even an artist to have it painted. Ooh. Uh, and, and there are plenty of people who really find that to be of great value uh, and so forth. So again, you've got to individualize it, but the creation and the giving of an experience, and there are organizations out there that can help you with this. Uh, that they're they're all set up to do this and it's it's kind of neat. So there's some things for you to think about when it comes to uh, individualizing recognition and getting into some more modern forms of recognition.
0: So,
2: so Kyle, last, Larry took that in ahead. a lot of different directions and they're all really good. I wanna come back to one single point. You said, what is this? Is this just this trophy seeking generation? The answer in the research is no, because, you know, I cited one study. Eighty-one percent of people say they would work harder for a more grateful manager. Those weren't all millennials. That's just people who are working. Look, if you want to make a difference in the engagement of the people on your team, if you want to build high-performance teams, it doesn't matter what generation the people are in. You're going to get more when you give more.
0: And and that's a great segue, Kim, when you talk about giving more to get more – and the emotional connection to, to Larry's point about creating an experience. People remember those experiences. And you guys mentioned the concept of, of emotional rehiring. And this chapter is sort of a precursor because that's what the, the next show is going to be about. Um, and, and that next chapter, emotionally rehiring people. What the heck does that mean? And and can you give us a little bit of a, a
1: precursor to the next show? Well, I, I don't want to give too much away. I um, Emotional rehiring is very powerful. It takes very little time and it costs you either zero or very close to zero. But it, it, it really increases engagement and increases loyalty. It increases retention and it's very motivational for people. Uh, and it's a major deposit in people's emotional Bank account, uh, but I am not gonna. I'm not gonna give more away than that. So thanks until for a
0: non-response response. Our to the next
1: question. show. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm excited to hear more about emotional rehiring next week, uh, Kim and and Larry. This was a great conversation to talk about appreciation and recognition. I think this is one of the the fun things I think people get to do because it's about recognition. It's all positive when you can take a time to to recognize and appreciate somebody for doing something great. And I
1: and I think you did a great job moderating <laughs> today, Kyle.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Larry. I appreciate that. Well, uh, join us uh, for our next. Excuse me. Our next podcast, which is going to be about emotionally rehiring people, and if you haven't had a chance yet to to look at our microsite, where we've got a lot of supplemental information uh, that's managed to Make a Difference dot com, um, and if you'd like to learn more uh, about. Uh, Managing to Make a Difference, and uh, the types of things we're talking about, of course, buy a, a copy of Managing to Make a Difference and, and maybe buy 50 of them uh, for your whole team. Or if you're really looking for something great, uh, give us a call and you can book Larry for one of his speaking presentations or speaking ar- discussions about Managing to Make a Difference and how to help uh, for mid-level managers and others and how to impact um,
1: their management techniques. So, I want I want to leave our listeners with one question. If you are not the person who does the laundry in your household, when was the last time you thanked somebody for doing the laundry? Well, there
0: you go. We'll leave everybody with that. Thank you, everybody. And uh, go out and look for ways to manage to make a difference. We'll see you next show.
3: Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.